Welcome to the Best Boss Ever podcast. I'm your host, Christine LaPerriere, president of Leader in Motion. On this show, we're going to gossip about the best boss you ever had. We're going to hear stories about things that they did that helped you feel valued, helped you feel engaged, and really inspired you. We want to hear about the bosses that changed the way you look at everything. If you want to hear more, join me at christinelaperriere.com and sign up for our newsletter, The Whip. I have invited Tanya Campbell back from Scotiabank to have another chat with me. If you didn't see, she was on the first season. You can look up Tanya Campbell's show. But we had such a great conversation that we just decided we needed to do another one. So today we're going to take a little different angle. And the way we're going to approach this conversation is really about what are you doing to be a best boss? Now, we all know that (laughs) just like parenting or spousing or any of those things, it's hard to quote unquote, be the best. But what I think is special about Tanya is I know that she pursues trying to be a best boss. So we're going to ask her about what she's doing in that pursuit. And we're also going to learn about what are some of the challenges she faces while she's working through that. So welcome on the show, Tanya. Thank you for having me back, Christine. I'm really excited about our conversation today. Absolutely. So just to set everybody clear, give us your title really quick again at Scotiabank. I am the vice president for our mobile advice team, which is a financial planning team who does not work in a fixed office. They are mobile, not to be confused with a mobile phone. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. And so just in spirit of where we're going today, what are some of the things you are doing in the pursuit to be a best boss? Yeah. And we talked last time a lot about what you know, I have always seen or felt as a best boss, which was really founded on trust. And so for me, I start there. So I will always look to make sure that I'm building trust with people and that my team knows that whatever I'm doing, it's in the best interest of, you know, for both of us as an employee, employer, the customer, what have you. And so for me, it's really starting with the foundation of trust. But I would just go one step further and say like, okay, that's, you know, inherently there. I think I do a pretty good job with the people I've worked with, but where I really feel like I'm zeroing in now to take that to another level is, is in feedback, because I think that feedback is just such an incredible gift. And when I really think about the bosses that I've talked about in the past, um, it wasn't just the trust. When I think really deeply, it was that there was conversations and feedback that I could build off of, and that made me a better person. And so that's what I'm trying to emulate in my world now is making sure that when I talk to people, my employees and colleagues, that I'm very curious, ask a lot of questions, but with the intent that I can give them feedback that will take their work just to the next level. I love that you're picking feedback as a topic. I know I see so many leaders that struggle with giving honest feedback. And so a lot of the times I'm talking to leaders about what I nicknamed the broccoli between your teeth feedback, the feedback where, you know, if you went, how come you didn't tell me, you know, six months, I walked around with this broccoli between my teeth. Like, how come you didn't tell me? What is it like for you, first of all, when you're trying to give tough feedback? Tell me what, you know, how do you do that if you had to teach me? Oh, goodness. Yeah. So when I'm doing feedback, first and foremost, I try to do it as soon as possible. I don't like to wait. I think it diminishes the quality of the feedback if you wait too long. You know, we have, you know, touch bases with our people 
you know, scheduled weekly or biweekly? And, you know, do you really wait five, seven, 10, 12, 14 days to give that? So I usually try to give it as soon as possible. And it usually just starts with uh, like, hey, do you have two minutes to chat about that, that thing, that presentation or whatever, you know, whatever it is that I observed. So I do try to just kind of jump in because it feels for me. And I think for the, the recipient, it feels really natural when you do it right there and then. So give us some examples and some stories about what you're seeing right now as you're trying to kind of live into this value of giving feedback. Yeah. So I think for me, there is sort of different groups of people. I I could bucket them into, you know, people that I've worked with for a while and they know my style and it's really easy and they've got it and what have you. And those ones seem to be really easy. They know me, they trust me. We can kind of pull that apart. I think when you're developing new relationships with new employees and also generational differences, it gets more challenging. To be quite honest with you, there's, you know, the I struggle in this space because I think generationally, if I'm talking to people in, you know, plus or minus, you know, 10 years of me, it works a lot better. But for some reason, it's not landing quite as well with some in the generational differences. And I don't know how to crack that nut. I'm not perfect. I'm trying to figure that out. And and I don't know if it's just how we communicate differently these days. You know, the difference between long discussions over a phone versus text messages, et cetera. I'm, I'm working on it. I know I work with a lot of leaders where sometimes the the younger generations, there's just a difference in the way that we've been raised or the way that we see work and the way we perceive even the use of technology at work and conversation. And so lots of us are trying to figure out how do we, again, bridge that gap so that we can be inclusive of our entire workforce. Yeah, it's even, you know, I laugh because it's even the language, right? So my generation was kind of like, you know, the smack on the head, be tough, right? My generation may be able to take feedback a little more openly because it's probably even to intonate the pendulum swinging and maybe the language is a little softer than what we're used to. But, you know, I grew up in an environment where it was kind of like, you take one on the shoulder, take the feedback and go. And it was not a big deal. And so now I find myself worrying about the language that I use and is it too hard or too harsh? Is it, are they going to handle it well? And it's a bit of a pendulum swing. So I've had some, I've had a situation that I can think of not too long ago where I, you know, somebody was asking, they actually asked for feedback. And so having been sort of burnt by a previous conversation or feedback session for this one, I tried to correct. And I said, how do you like to receive your feedback? Like, are you okay with shoot straight from the hip? I'm kind of like a very direct person, or do you, you know, do you want to have a bit of a a sandwich approach? Like you did this really well, you could do this better, but oh, by the way, you, you know, landed this one awesome. And so you, it's kind of sandwiched between some awesome stuff. And and the person was like, no, 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 just, you know, give it to me. Like, just tell me straight. I like the shoot from the hip, but then I gave them the shoot from the hip. And, you know, it was a catastrophe, right? The person really? ended up in near tears. So, right. you know, I'm trying to figure it out by asking those types of questions. And then even when I think back on the feedback that I gave in that situation, like it really wasn't, in my view, it really, even though I was shooting straight from the hip, it still wasn't harsh. It wasn't right. mean. It was very, the spirit of the feedback was genuine with, you know, wanting that person to correct a certain something that I saw. 
so yeah, it's it's been a challenge for me to figure out this sort of delicate balance. One thing I'll mention while you're talking, I think that's really interesting in doing over 50 interviews now on the best boss ever. What I have found over and over again is that people they never say their best boss ever was because they were nice. The one thing that I see in the reoccurring theme is that actually getting tough feedback from somebody it actually ranks them as a best boss. And I'll just say even, you know, while you were talking about that, you know, obviously you impacted that person and made them feel pretty lousy in the moment because they got that tough <laughs> feedback. But uh, but the thing that's interesting is that when I think of all the interviews I've done, first of all, the best boss that gave the tough feedback was always coming from a place of genuinely wanting to see that person grow. So they it was never of an ego thing. It was really not about the business. It was about that person's growth. And that was the reason they gave the harsh feedback. And the second thing is, is that I don't know, when I think about it, I don't know if everybody handled it well exactly in the moment. I can think of my own experiences of getting tough feedback and I probably wasn't (laughs) smiling and saying, oh, thank you. You're my best boss. (laughs) I, I probably was like, ouch, that hurt. But I think upon reflection, like the growth that comes from a piece of feedback that is that harsh is powerful. And in retrospect, you, you thank that leader, but in the moment you might not, it's just a reflection I had while you were talking. Yeah. Well, I hope it's the case in, in this scenario that I'm talking about. I hope that somewhere along the line, I just worry and maybe not, not rightfully so, but I worry that people aren't seeing the gift that's being given whether, and, you know, certainly I'll work on my harshness or how I deliver, but it's always in the spirit of giving somebody a gift because if I didn't care about them, I would give them zero feedback. So for me, it's uh, yes, I'll work on my delivery, but I still worry that people aren't seeing the gift that it is. But I think if it's wrapped in too much, <laughs> too much ribbon, <laughs> you know, it doesn't land, right? I mean, I can think of a time when I was facilitating a session and I had a coach in a room and I got done with the session and she came up to me and said, you know, your content, you are fantastic in content, but you use self-deprecating humor to a fault to the point where it's annoying. And I was like, Oh, 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 (laughs) like I remember it felt like a gut punch, but she said it so clearly. And she said, you have to stop making fun of yourself in front of the room, you're, you're actually crushing your own credibility. And because she was so crystal clear on what the message was, I really took it home. I I didn't smile at the moment and go, thank you. You're, (laughs) you're my best boss, but I've actually publicly thanked her on LinkedIn years later, because I think it was a game changer moment. I think she actually, if nobody had told me that, that broccoli between my teeth, and I had walked around with that for two or three years doing that, I would have never made it as far as I did. I think she actually helped me really advance things quickly because I had a pretty massive fault that would slow my progress down. So I think of that example and I go, I, you know, what if we started to talk about it as, you know, it it might not feel good at the moment. That actually means that you might deliver something that could really progress somebody's performance. I love that. I think, I think if there's listeners hearing us today, I think this goes both ways, right? The being a receiver of feedback is, 
it's really important to listen to this, but also maybe I'm worried about how I'm delivering feedback, but also as a receiver, I might need to think if I put myself in the shoes of that person, they told me that they could take it straight from the hip, Right. but maybe as a, as a receiver, I need to think about what kind of, what kind of a receiver am I of feedback? Do I need the gentle and maybe do a little bit of a a check-in and go like, am I able to take it? Cause if not, maybe I need to, you know, make some adjustments on my, my right. Own. It's interesting because it takes time to process real tough feedback, but the gift of it comes once you really get a chance, you go, Oh God, thank God I didn't do that. Or, you know, if somebody has poor presentation skills and it's damaging their executive level relationships, if you can give that to them and they sure they're going to say, Oh, I can handle it. I know I was thinking that right before I got that piece of feedback. <laughs> I was like, I can handle anything. Go for it. Anything you got for me. I, I, you know, I really want to know. And then I heard that and went, oh, (laughs) I just remember processing. It took a couple of days to process that feeling kind of embarrassed that, that I had been doing something so obviously wrong, but on the flip side, you know, then coming around to thank God, somebody told me, thank God, somebody had the courage to tell me and didn't worry about my feelings in the moment. And they were more worried about my performance in the long run. Yeah. Well, I mean, they literally instantly unlocked something for you, right. That would have been, you know, a potential barrier. So that unlocking is, is important, but you know, that, I think that's it. I think, and when I think about feedback, those are the things I struggle with is, you know, how do I do it in a way Maybe I'll care less now going forward because I'll be like, yeah, they'll wake up and they'll be grateful. (laughs) I'll get a thank you card later. (laughs) Exactly. You know, I heard a really good metaphor used around conflict recently, and I think of it similar to feedback, but they were talking about conflict and making conflict more like flossing and less like a root canal. And it's become one of my favorite metaphors lately, more like flossing and less like a root canal. So I, I think of feedback and just what you're saying about feedback, what if we were delivered feedback on a more regular basis? And so these broccoli between our teeth conversations are more like flossing and less like a root canal. Flossing instead of a root canal. I'll have to tell my team that one when I get back to the office. <laughs> Which is where that regular, just like you said, giving real-time feedback and giving it frequently is really the inspiration of flossing, right? It's that idea of saying, I'm going to talk about these things in small bite-sized pieces on a regular basis instead of waiting till the year end and delivering the root canal. (laughs) Right, but even better is if I use that analogy, now with some of the people I'm struggling with, if I tell them that story, I can actually just say, hey, can we go floss? (laughs) Like, it's like giving, it's almost like the permission to let's go have this conversation. I should just preface that too, that like not all feedback is negative. Sometimes it's really great. So right. I might not, I might say to them, Hey, we'll use the flossing analogy when it's like, it's a do better feedback. Right. right. And then that, that intros it as a, Hey, I got some tough stuff for you to hear. Let's go floss. Right. <laughs> I like it. And like I said, I, I never really thought about it until this moment, but it fits with my broccoli between your teeth analogy too. (laughs) Oh yeah. It it does dovetails very nicely. We've, we've built a fantastic metaphor for giving feedback on a regular basis, but we don't want you to be caught with broccoli between your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see how flossing goes in the banking world. (laughs) That's right. That's right. I like it. But I think these are really interesting ideas. And I think, you know, maybe as people who are out there listening, 
and are aspiring to be great bosses, I guess my question for you today is, you know, what, what things would you like them to walk away with that you feel are helping you in your pursuit? Hmm, that's a good question. Helping me in my pursuit is, there's a couple of things I would say, just like my own development, it's something that I think about on a regular basis. I kind of build it into my, like, you know, instead of having my head down and working hard all the time, I do stop periodically in my development and think about those things. And what usually brings me back to, you know, refocusing and checking in on myself would be actually thinking about the best bosses I've had and emulating them. So when I talked about the trust and when I talked about this sort of newer focus of feedback, it's because those bosses, those great bosses before me were really great at those things. So for me, it's about emulating what worked well for me and what really inspired me to you know, want to be a good leader in the first place. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Tanya, for coming on the show again. I really appreciate it. And I think people will be thinking about this as they move forward, being a good receiver of feedback and being a good deliverer of regular feedback. It was my pleasure. And I hope everybody flosses regularly. <laughs> if you want to hear more, join me at christineleperriere.com and sign up for our newsletter, The Whip.